Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, we are at the Kenosha Wyndham Hotel. We are here for a wonderful evening of comedy and raising funds for Lorenzo Santos. He's running for the 1st Congressional District, and I'm so thrilled that uh, Dwayne Kennedy agreed to do this show. Uh, I don't think he realized when he, I offered to give him a ride that he also needed to pay attention to the exits. Hi, Dwayne. How are you doing? Hey, Patty. How are you? I'm good. Hey, uh, let me see. if I, I don't know how the levels are. I think they can fix them there. I don't know how to. Let me see if that, that'll work. But Oh, there. that sounds yeah, good. Oh, uh, Nice. Hello, Patty. Yeah. Dwayne let me drive about 11 miles past Kenosha before he went, hey, just so you know. (laughs) I think we passed Kenosha about 37 miles ago, Patty. (laughs) But uh, whatever it is you need to do, maybe I misheard you. Maybe the show's not in Kenosha. Maybe you met Kenosha, Canada or something oh my like God. that. I was deep in conversation with you about my life. You're, you're my therapist. You're like, I don't know what role I have here now. Should I let her know it's time to get off the highway? Yeah, and when we were we were in the fast lane, and I was like, uh, I think we should be moving over to the exit lane, Patty. But I'm going to let you finish the story because I know it's important to you. You know, Kenosha can wait. Yeah, I, I, I was like. I really, I feel like we've been in the car for 15 minutes. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> for me, it did. I'm sure for you, it was a different experience. No, no, no. It doesn't take long to get here. It doesn't here. take yeah, long to get where no. we're coming from. By the way, the traffic was great. You guys can get, you can still get here because it's five o'clock now ish, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably shouldn't be the right person to measure time since uh, I, we bar- I barely got us here at all. We were going to be here uh, with plenty of time. There was a lot of equipment to hook up. We have all of the remote broadcasting equipment here, so you can come hang out, listen to the broadcast. Uh, Dwayne and I will be performing along with Dina Nina Martinez. Have you ever worked with Dina? Nina? No. She's Dina great. Nina? Dina Nina Martinez. Dina Nina yes. Martinez. Yes. She's the first trans comic I ever worked with. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to have to work Yeah. That would be cool. This would be a very fun show. We were listening to the we – were, we never found out who Joan was talking about on Instagram. Oh, Her right. and Ed Yonkin were, Yonka were talking about uh, – they, they, said, they said Izzy, but Andy will have to message me and, and let me know who uh, they were – The person they were talking about sounded very intriguing. Yeah, right? Yeah. And we, and we, but we missed that because I was talking. Well – I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a bit of a talker. Uh, you know, you got things to say. <laughs> I'm a good listener. We talked about this last week about grade school, I think, that I used to get in trouble for talking too much in class. Yeah. Did, did you ever get in trouble for anything in class? Mm-hmm. Would I you? got uh, – I tell you what, distinctly I remember when I was in, man, first or second grade, I can't remember, and we were doing uh, spelling, right? I never told you something. And, and um, so – I'm in the back of Mrs. Johnson's class. I'll never forget this. So she was writing words on the board, and I was, you know, what all the words were. But, you know, class was. You were reading word? them out loud? Yeah, well, well, she wanted us to, but she was like, you know, what is this word? Nobody said, you know, I, I said what it was. What is this word? I said what it was. Okay, Dwayne, give somebody else a chance. Okay. I'll never forget it. It was, and the word was elbow. Okay. Right. So what is this word, class? Silence. Nobody. Nothing. After a while, like, oh, elbow. <laughs> you couldn't take it. You know, I couldn't take it. 
She walked back there with a ruler. Didn't I tell you not to speak out loud? Boom! No! Yeah! That's how I did it in the, in the Chicago public school system. What? What are you doing being able to read? Wow. I'll kill you. That's yeah. rough. I think that shut me down from that day to this. That's kind of what we were talking about on the road, like things yeah. that shut you down sometimes. Yeah. Things that like uh, we, we, we see it as a roadblock in the moment and we leave it there. Right. And you know, right. And sometimes you don't even realize until years later that maybe that was the, a thing and it affected you in a deeper way than you realized. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I lack impulse control. Yeah. <laughs> that's my type. <laughs> And and I so it, like it flares up when I I push things down and then like inappropriately sometimes. It yeah, <laughs> like an impulse control inappropriate. <laughs> it, happens, it happens, which is why I think I mean I, that's why I love being able to talk about the crazy things that happen. And the W nobody WCPT is like you know Patty maybe you want no one's ever said tone it down at WCPT. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it though? Yeah. Well, because mostly the things that I'm outraged by are outrageous, so it works. Well, and. You know, lack of impulse control and uh, saying inappropriate things prepares you for a career in comedy. It really does. Yeah, and working at WCPT. It does. <laughs> we were talking a little bit on the way. The thing that is stuck in my craw, and it's not just because it's crazy, but it's the implications. You and I touched on it a little bit in the car about how embryos, cells that are about six days old, are now people. I know, man. It's it, it's. It, uh, Although that makes a babysitting gig a lot easier. <laughs> and on the upside, that's what I how much do you charge to watch these embryos? <laughs> I can take them with me. Do you Yeah, they're in my backpack. Yeah. They're in the actually you need one of those cooler lunch boxes. Yeah, you go. You go. Show up with an igloo. <laughs> well, do you I can watch about 19,000 kids. <laughs> Well, there, do you know how many? There's, they estimate there's 1.5 million embryos on ice right now all over the country. Because at one at some point earlier on with the technology, mm-hmm. they were removing like thirty to forty eggs per woman because in case some didn't survive right. or didn't take an implantation. So what the expectation is like you can't. So no one's going to put is going to have thirty to forty kids. So what what's the plan here? I don't know. What the, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's all it's all jacked up. You know, uh, I don't know if you know this, Patty, but dudes. <laughs> Have a tendency oftentimes to overdo it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. They over, it's an overcorrection, cor- I think, is what they call it, right? They didn't like what women were getting away from. Because what they're talking about now, they want to get rid of birth control. Embryos are people. They don't want be people to have – they want consequentiality. They literally said this. Mm-hmm. They want to re- restore the consequentiality of sex. So they, wow. sex has consequences, uh-huh. not the one that we appreciate the most, right? Which right. is the part, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> they don't. They it, don't. They don't want the good stuff. No, just enforced residual effect. Yes. Of my efforts. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with a child and disappointment. There it is. Yeah. That that's well, that's like a lot of relationships. Ooh, <laughs> man. <laughs> I don't have to tell you that, Patty. I don't even. We don't even. It's a family show, but whoa. Yeah, that's. I. I it is. It, there's nothing that seems to be slowing down the train of crazy. No, because now it's got its own momentum. Yes. You know, and it doesn't even need. Trump's not even the conductor really anymore. Mm-mm. You know, he's at the. I don't know where he's at in the car of craziness. You know, with, with the train. Yes analogy but yeah it's it's got its own momentum because really that you know the thing is like you know you can't really 
talk people into things that they didn't already want to do. Thank you. Right? Yes. You just give people the permission to do the thing they already wanted to do in the first place. Now they say, thank you, uh, insane messiah, because I want to unleash my own pathology. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's when you have Nazis marching in Nashville. Yeah. They've wanted that. That's not something because of Trump. Yeah. They didn't want to do that now. Wasn't that a Bruce? No. What was that? Uh, When the Nazis in Nashville. Is that that a song? I'm thinking of walking in Memphis. Anyway. (laughs) I'm, I'm a little off on my lyrics, but anywho, you get my point. I did yeah. your point. Uh, we have gotten more information from the station. Uh, we Joe- fired? No. Oh. <laughs> I that told you. No, they like my, my lack of impulse control. The, uh, the, the, the uh, woman that they were talking about on Joan's show was Busy Phillips. Oh, I've yeah. heard of Busy Phillips. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. All right. Now, we have that all cleared up for it. We were in the car like, who was it? Who were they yeah, talking yeah. about? I wonder so how she, they introduced it. Did they say, get busy, Get y'all? busy. Well, they're having an event with uh, the ACLU, and she'll be in town. Oh. So folks can get tickets for that. So okay. we're excited about that. Yeah. They can also come down and see me and Dwayne. Dwayne, the Emmy award-winning writer-producer of United Shades of America, uh, which would still be running on CNN were it not for people wanting to appease uh, Trump. By the right. Way. They wanted to move the show. They wanted to move the whole station further yeah. to the right. Yes. And that pushed us right off the air. Yes. I'm yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. We, you we know. Miss you. Oh, thanks, Patty. It was a good run while it lasted. <laughs> That's what people always say. Okay. What else can you say? What else can you say? Yeah. What's I'm it? broke and I'm thinking about robbing the place. No, can't don't say that. that. Uh, no, I can't. You can't say that. Okay. All right. Then. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing the show today. Oh, Patty. Anything I can do to help you get canceled? Well- <laughs> You know what I mean? Whatever you need. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, as long as we get the opportunity, I want the opportunity to be canceled. I know. That's right. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty sweet place to be. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I'm I... sorry you got canceled, but you were in the position to get canceled. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. Well, All right. Go and go and, a... and simmer, simmer in your canceledness. All right. I'm That's a, Dwayne Kennedy appearing uh, tonight. He's headlining our yeah. show here at the Wyndham Comedy Club. You can uh, visit uh, Lorenzo Santos' webpage and Facebook page. Go to santosforwisconsin.com. And coming up, we're going to talk – throughout the rest of the show, we'll be talking to candidates and uh, folks who are involved in democratic politics here in Wisconsin. And uh, we're looking forward to meeting some new folks and making new friends. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. There's so much that goes on behind closed doors. On WCPT 820. And we are broadcasting from the Wyndham Hotel in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where we are here for a fundraiser. Doors are opening at 7 for the venue where they're going to be having speeches and comedy featuring Dwayne Kennedy and Dina Nini Martinez, and I will be hosting. And again, you can go to santosforwisconsin.com to find out more about his campaign. And we are meeting some of the folks running for office, uh, some of the elected people are, who are committed to really pushing forward when it comes to fighting back mm-hmm. against fascism, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, mm-hmm. Sarah Kirby joins us. Hey, Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, so staying busy. So, yeah, I imagine. So you are running for Kenosha County Board. Yes. Right? Yes. And, uh, so tell us what, first of all, what is the role of the Kenosha County Board? What kind of work do they do? So it should be boring. Um, we do a lot of decisions regarding parks and roads, um, health and human services, just basic day to day needs of the residents of our county. Um, and unfortunately, it has not been boring. Um, a lot of partisanship has been added into our county board, um, and that's that's why I'm running. Is it one of those things where because this is such a wonderful community, and I, I know that we obviously Kenosha in Kenosha County. How big is Kenosha County? 
I mean, it, it's 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 pretty large. Uh, the, yeah. yeah, there's there's over a hundred thousand people in Kenosha County. Okay. So it's it's um it, and obviously there's a lot of rural area. I live within the city, okay. so I, I don't know the rural areas as much. Um, even though I, I work in Paddock Lake, um. Yeah, so it, it covers a lot of area, and we have some great parks. Um, we mostly deal with county roads, not city roads, so sure. it's definitely a challenge when running when people are like, I, I don't like my road. Um, <laughs> I have no control over their road. Those, those are the kinds of calls you're going to be getting, though, yes. as, as part of the, the Kenosha County Board. For sure. So, so you told me before we started that you grew up in a rural part of Wisconsin. Tell us a little bit about your, your community that you're from. So I actually grew up around Hillsborough, Wisconsin. Um, my grandparents had a dairy farm, um, and we my, my parents move quite a bit. We always rented. Um, but we usually tried to live close to them. And then if we weren't close to them, I was there on the summers, every single weekend, every school break. Um, so living in Kenosha is definitely a different experience than the way I grew up. Well, and, and it's, it's a, but it's a, it's a really cute town with an interesting past. I think that even in the recent past, people know that Kenosha was where there were riots. And mm-hmm. uh, did you notice, Had you were you living in Kenosha at the time? Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. was living in Kenosha at the time. So I moved here about eight years ago. Okay. Um, I had actually been living in Prairie du Sac, okay. um, which is outside of Madison. Um, and I met my husband and we had a little bit of a debate over where we should live. And child care options are better here. It's cheaper, you know, it's cheaper to get child care here. There are more opportunities for our children here. I mean, Kenosha is a wonderful place to live. I, I, I really enjoy it. I, I do sometimes whenever, whenever I come here and I go shopping or out to eat. I mean, it's just a real, it's a really sweet town. It's got a lot of great businesses. The people are really nice. I get the sense, though, that, you know, things on, as they appear are often different when it comes to making decisions in a community. Were you uh, politically active when you were younger? Was your family involved in politics? Or is this something kind of when you saw what was going on, you're like, I need to be involved? So um, I, I feel like I've always had a very strong sense of duty. Um, my my family was not involved in politics. Um, my my grandmother specifically did not allow us to talk about it at all. I just recently found out her political leanings not oh, not very boy. many years ago, and, and it was it was a it was a pleasant surprise. Oh, um, so um, yeah. So I, I really wasn't um, involved politically. I did do a lot of volunteer work, especially when I was younger and before I had kids. Um, so I worked with Fair Wisconsin um, when they were trying to pass legislation to ban gay marriage in our constitution. Right. And unfortunately succeeded. Um, but that's 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 now a moot point. Right. Because of the federal courts. And hopefully yeah. stays that way. Right. Um, so I, I did do a lot of work there, but I'd never imagined running for office. Um, you know, I, I'm a phone banker and a canvasser. So this- so what was the what was that moment of like, I, I should probably do this. It's time. So I was um, sitting with my husband on our front porch and we were watching the Danish Brotherhood burn down. Um, And that was a very important institution to my husband's family. And after it was all said and done, I had expected that um, our government officials would kind of do a postmortem and say, okay, here's what we're going to do if something like this happens again. Um, And that didn't happen. Um, And I can honestly say I was surprised. I thought it would. Um, And instead, several of our board members signed a letter blaming the governor um, which really 
to me, spoke volumes that they, they weren't interested in figuring out how to prevent something like that from happening again. And I'm sorry, we're not familiar. Let us know what this, uh, why did it burn down? What was the... It, it was because of, of the, because of the unrest. So, and it I was, think okay. it depends on what time of day and where you were at, what okay. was going on, right? Right. Um, there were protests and me and my husband and our children went during the day. Um, and it was, you know, not an issue. So, but nobody came. There were no police clearing out the area. There were no firefighters. They just let it burn. Cause it, they, just, it just burnt down. Wow. No. And that's the thing. My uh, Dwayne and I were talking about that on the way here. I mean, we're just driving down. You see kids getting out of school. And, and it's hard to imagine what we saw nationally on television, that it was happening on people's blocks. It was happening to, to neighbors. Uh, and and it, it, it's 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 heartbreaking to hear that nothing was being done to sort of slow things down or address it, or as you mentioned, in postmortem. Mm-hmm. And have, have you talked to any of those folks and they just – they just have no response. You know, I, I didn't even really attempt attempt it. Like I thought they were going to do their jobs, right? You know, oh, so silly. Uh, someone's going to. I, I didn't think it was right. going to be an issue. So, uh, and maybe there is nothing anybody could have done. I, I really don't know. I think there were a lot of unique things that were happening, but I think they should have at least ask those questions. Sure. Um, yeah. So, and honestly, like even then, I wasn't like thinking about, I was just complaining that, that they didn't do anything and about the, this letter that had been signed. And somebody said, well, maybe you should run. Yeah. And it had never even occurred to me like, well, maybe I could. So, and that's, that's what I, I told my son. My son was uh, 14 when Trump won and, you know, it was hard for me to come. I was on the radio overnight when Trump took the stage and, and claimed victory. And uh, it was hard for me because I, I, you know, whatever we thought back then, at the last moment, I thought there was a possibility that Hillary would still win. But I told him, you know, in, in bad situations like this, good people are, you know, maybe it's a shaking awake or, you know, but then commit themselves to doing really incredible things. And that sounds like what you've decided to do is to serve your community because you see, you know, other it's it's daunting for people to step into the light sometimes, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah. And it was kind of scary. I wasn't... Um yeah, I, it, it, it took me a few years. So yeah. at first I was kind of like, eh, maybe. And then, it, you know, more recently, I was like, I can do this. And when you go to the Kenosha County Board meetings, like what what what, what kind of things do you see them dealing with and how the residents are, are treated? So uh, I would say like a lot of it is, like I said, it's boring. It's appointments to departments. Um, it's budgetary decisions. Um, recently, we did have um, a pretty big decision come through regarding the casino um, or the proposed casino, um, which honestly is out of our hands whether or not it happens. Um, And I I definitely remind people of that. Um, And, you know, there was was a lot of debate. Um, I do feel like, for the most part, citizens were treated respectfully. Good. So yeah. that, but, was, that was good. Well, and we, we know that, like, uh, there's always stories about, you know, school boards and, like, people just being mm-hmm. disruptive because they have certain things. Like, you know, what I would imagine is, you know, what we are seeing in other uh, communities is I don't, I don't want to see any rainbow flags. And I don't, you know, all these kinds of things that, that are, are business, businesses that, you know, it's their choice. It's so funny to me when people want to regulate free the free market yes <laughs> like, like you the, see the, the contrast that's kind of what a free market is yeah, yeah. so in in you know like i feel like the the citizens are really speaking up now um actually just last night um one of the county board super well three of the county board supervisors advanced legislation or tried to advance le- what legislation um basically banning books from our our county libraries and it failed 
Thank goodness, Yay! because the citizens came came out in force and made sure that their voices were heard. Were there any books that you could that you could think of that they were trying to ban? Was there? It was romance novels. It was really <laughs> silly, um, and, and it was on this like flimsy premise that the display was in sight of like the children's section of the library. Um, He's clearly tearing her corset from her bodice. Yes, yeah. It, it wasn't even on the covers. I mean, oh so. boy, oh my gosh. Um, what have you? What have residents told you? Because uh, are you going door to door? What are some of the things that you're you're doing in order to get people uh, attention for this campaign? Yeah, so I have been going door to door. I've been talking to a lot of people. Honestly, a lot of them don't know what the county board does. Yeah, I believe it. Um, yeah, so I, and I, they've asked me some good questions, and I actually had uh, somebody reach out today and kind of ask about things like cash bail. You know, is that do, something the county board does? I don't even know. But if there, I, I will say that I'm against cash bail. I think we should eliminate it. Um, I have no idea whether we will actually handle that or not. And so. That's one of those things where when people ask about that, they're like, well, what if, you know, what if somebody who's out without bail? It's like, but if somebody's rich or has access to the money, then, then, then you're they saying they out. buy their way out to, to continue to commit crime. It's very, it's, uh, those are conversations that aren't always easy to have. So it's yes. great that you're meeting people where they are mm-hmm. and opening up the dialogue. They must, I bet they're grateful too that someone's reaching out. Actually, yeah, a lot of people enjoy, you know, enjoy talking. So, and it is nice to hear from people and hear what their concerns are. Um, and I've actually, I had one person give me soup, which was really nice. <laughs> And My was, husband would be very mad at me if I took food. I was I ran for office, and he would be like, "Don't eat anything anyone gives you." It was delicious. What kind of soup was um, it? It was zuppa. So what is zuppa? It's like a, it's some kind of an Italian. Soup. I was going to say it sounds, mm-hmm. it sounds like an Italian dish. Yeah. So when is your when is this a, is this a, a, a just a general election for the the Kenosha County yes. Board? Okay, yeah. So it'll be that? April second. So April second, Sarah Kirby is running for Kenosha County Board. What can people? Is there a website or, or social media people can follow? Yeah. So it's um, elect Sarah Kirby for District Eight County Board Supervisor on Facebook. All right, elect Sarah Kirby uh, for Eighth District. Uh, for uh, District Sorry. 8 County Board Supervisor. For District 8. Excellent. And I'm sure if you start typing in most of that and uh, follow her story, because that's, that's we, we really do want to get involved and engaged mm-hmm. in what's going on just in the north of us because it impacts the rest of the country. Yes. From community to community, block to block, having these conversations are really important. Mm-hmm. And congratulations on running. It really, it, it's going to be one of the, your favorite memories of regardless of what happens. Uh, oh, I'm really you. proud to have run for office. So I really wish you the very best. Oh, you too. Thank Excellent. you. Excellent. And thank you for having me on your show. Of course, Sarah. I will, and I'll see okay. are you staying for the night for comedy? Uh, I'll be staying for a little bit. Oh, all right. I, we fine. have kids at home. That's so. fair. That's fair. I understand completely. Well, right. have, enjoy the evening. Thank yep. you so Thank much. Thank you. We'll be right back after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Uh, we have more uh, candidates and electeds to talk to up here in Kenosha, Wisconsin. More in a moment after this. You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. In your communities in Chicago. On WCPT 820. Thank you so much for joining us as we drive it home. Uh, But I uh, drove to Kenosha, Wisconsin. We are at the lovely Wyndham Hotel for a wonderful fundraiser. We are here to support Lorenzo Santos running for the 1st Congressional District of Wisconsin. And we are talking to some of the electeds and candidates who are running for some really important offices. And I'm so excited to introduce you to Lydia Spotswood, who is running for the mayor of Kenosha. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. It's nice to meet you, Patty. Uh, I'm so excited for you. I want to know know a lot about you because... uh, 
as I was joking off the air, uh, you mentioned that I'm very brave to do stand-up, but you are running to be the mayor of Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's an important role. So I want to know about you. Where are you from originally, my friend? Grew up in Virginia. What? Um, oldest of five children okay. and uh, had to work my way through nursing school uh, at the University of Virginia and then um, through my OR career, I ended up at Children's Hospital National Medical Center where I met my wonderful husband of 45 years. He was in the Army and he was doing a residency in anesthesia and his career ultimately brought us to Kenosha in 1985. Wow, that's fantastic. So you married a doctor. He was a, he was a uh, medical student at the time? No, he was he a was, resident. Oh, he was a resident, okay. But he was insanely cute. <laughs> <laughs> this is so amazing. And so you were working in the children's... Uh, yeah, I was a head nurse of thoracic cardiovascular surgery. Whoa! So, and he was learning pediatric cardiovascular anesthesia. He was doing a fellowship and He's a very smart cookie. Well, <laughs> so, I'm sorry, but first of all, your career in nursing and the work that you've done, what, what, what inspired you to want to become a nurse? There were two completely different things that happened at the same time. My mother was very sick. She had um, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And as I saw the people taking care of her, I was in awe, particularly nurses, their sensitivity, but also their, their acumen, their teamwork. Um, I found that really inspiring. And on uh, the flip side, I had taken a year off from college so I could be close to my mom because she was very ill. But I needed to work because I was working my way through college. And I went to work at an Army hospital in Fort Belvoir, Virginia. And that was a receiving hospital for soldiers coming back from Vietnam. So I was just a a clerk in medical records, but our commanding officer had a policy that um, you could go up to the units um, and help out. You know, when your day got slow, and so that's what I was doing. And again, nursing staff um, and just the whole medical teamwork involved in their care. I, I finished up that year, and my major changed. <laughs> I was going back to college to study nursing. And how long did nursing school take you? Well, it's a four-year degree. Four, okay. So I had done two years at Virginia Tech and then transferred to University of Virginia. So Outstanding. And nursing has changed so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, we learned a lot during the pandemic and, and what the strains and stresses you know, especially because you've seen a lot of differences from the way hospitals have been run because of the, the profit-driven aspect of it now. Yeah. I mean, have you witnessed a lot of that and how it's, it's affected nurses and their, just their entire emotional well-being and physical well-being? Well, um, what I know is not from being in hospitals because I haven't been actually hospital-based nurse for quite a while. Okay. But, um, yes, you know, profit motives are taking a toll on medical staff at every level. Right. You know, um, it's, it's all about, you know, driving um, the calendar and the clock day in and day out. And a lot of people feel the frustration of that. They, especially nursing staff, really love to take time with their patients. And, and you're a better nurse when you have time to listen. So for many nurses, this is very frustrating that, you know, the clock is the master. Yeah. Day in and day out. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And and what an incredible career you have had. And and as you mentioned, you moved here in the 80s. 85, you said? We we moved here in um, 85. And I we got here with a five-year-old and twin babies. And uh, so I spent about a year, almost two years at home, you know, with my munchkins. And oh. then went back into something that is very near and dear to my heart, which is community service. And uh, 
about two years later, three years later, my alderman called me and asked me if I'd run for his job. Um, and I was, that had never occurred to me. <laughs> so, uh, my husband and friends he said, go for it. Okay. You can do this. And I was, okay. Um, and so I, I ended up, uh, on the Common Council for the next eight years. Okay, so you served as an alder person for eight years? Or yeah, com- I served. Did they say alder or council? It was Common Council, um, and okay. your your job title is alder. Well, in those days, it was alderman. Right. Uh, I didn't mess with the title, but these days, it's alder person. Sure. So, um, and I, I had to run three more times uh, for the job, and in the middle of all that, I was asked by uh, my mayor and a few other folks, could I please run for Congress? So I did two congressional runs in the middle of that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that was pretty in- intense. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and how were those, what were those races like for you? Um, I learned an awful lot about how our government works and how politics works um, at that level, at the congressional level. Um, we had two tough races. The first one we didn't get in until about five months before the election. Um, and again, this was one of those things that came out of left field. But I had you know, wonderful committee, wonderful people to work with. And as I said, I learned an awful lot. It's it's uh, tough stuff at that level. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, I was I was wondering. Oh, let's see. Frank said you can say Kenosha Comedy Club at Wyndham, Garden Kenosha Harborside. Okay. <laughs> you hand me a note. I'm going to read it right away. Otherwise, it gets lost in the papers. So, pa- so Patty, are we at the Wyndham Hotel Harborside yeah, Kenosha? In Kenosha? Con- yes. Sorry. Wait. Is he listening to the show and he wants to make sure I get it right? That's all right. Kenosha Comedy Club at the Wyndham Garden. Well, let's reset. Uh, we, we have a fundraiser today, and uh, I'm, right now we are interviewing Lind- Lydia Spots, which she's running for Kenosha mayor, and I'm learning a little bit about some of the races that she's been in. She's uh, served as the alder person of the uh, 3rd District in Kenosha. Correct. You've retired from that. And uh, also the past, so you ran for two congressional races. Yeah. Were you recruited because there weren't any Democrats running in those races or uh, pretty much yeah yeah we we thought there was a candidate who who had intended to run he needed to withdraw um and uh there we were it was june without a candidate to field for that november election so um i've become used to being kind of a utility infielder at city all over the years so uh my my campaign team were ready to Try it on. So we went for it. So. Well, and, and some people, you know, we talked to, uh, we have a very good friend uh, in Missouri, Jess Piper, the Dirt Road Dem. And she talks about challenging uh, seats that would otherwise go unopposed because yeah. if you just let it, if you just continue to, the assumption is Democrats aren't going to run, then they run the board. And that's how we end up with so many of the situations we have in Missouri and Iowa and Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, and, and I think a, a real challenge for an awful lot of people first time out is the amount of money that you have to raise to do a congressional campaign. And I think that has gotten completely out of hand. It's In fact, it's not just while you're running, it's when you're holding the office yes. that whether you're in Congress, you know, in the House or the Senate, you have to continuously be raising money. And I think that really has a bad influence on our politics and uh you know and look having run uh, a couple a race myself like, it is i didn't so, know that i ran for state rep okay. uh in illinois okay. and it is it's so hard because it, it's it was hard enough doing my first round of call of call time right right and then you have to do it throughout the campaign and yeah. it's like and you and, and it, it's, it's so stressful yeah and and i love that you have served your community you have uh you know cared for people yeah. um you seem so invested in making in, in public service so what what led you to the decision to run for mayor now of Kenosha? 
So um, when we got here, I was in community service and I was city council. And during that period, I had the opportunity to lead a task force that um, created the Kenosha Community Health Center. It's a federally qualified health center. And I served as the um, initial uh, executive director. And from there, my mayor once again tapped me and said, I've got a regional board I need you to sit on. I was like, okay. And then from there, I was appointed to a statewide board in healthcare. And today, um, I had a number of people downtown at City Hall who were saying, it would really help if you'd consider running for mayor. This was a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought of this. And, um, Lo and behold, you know, that stuck, and then eventually I realized, gee, this is an opportunity to do something sort of on a bigger scale, which is thinking about, you know, a city, an urban environment as a healthy community. Yes. And all of the different things that feed into making a community a healthy place for children, you know, and for me, the, the, the essence of that is a place that's welcoming, inclusive, and sustainable. So, you know, to me, that was like, okay, what are these elements that go together to make, you know, Kenosha that kind of community? I love it. I, I want to move to Kenosha. Can we get a good housing prices up here? <laughs> we are talking to Lydia Spotswood. She's running for Kenosha mayor. And uh, how, how long have you had this? Uh, how, when did you announce your candidacy for this race? Um, fairly recently, actually, as these things go, um, in August of last year. Okay. So it's a fairly young campaign <laughs> by comparison That's with some. That's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was time to get a really wonderful um, team together and... Uh, for me, the best part of starting late in the summer was I had just beautiful weather going into the fall yes. to be out at all these wonderful events that happen all over our city in the summer and fall months. And then, of course, getting time to go into neighborhoods and knocking on doors. And when, is there a primary or is it just a general election? We just had our primary. And, okay. Oh, uh, and I <laughs> congratulations then, because otherwise we wouldn't be talking. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's Thank fantastic. You, yeah. yeah. When, was it, when was the primary? It just was last Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. A couple days ago. Ago. Outstanding. <laughs> so you got us just in time. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so. Now, when's, it, when's the general? April 2nd. Oh, so you're right up on top of it. Um, you Holy have to be. cats. <laughs> to do this this yeah. is a lot. We're, uh, I want to know how we help you. How, what can we do? Where, is, what's the website for your campaign? Oh, goodness. Spotswoodformayor.com. Uh, correct. That's two T's. Spotswoodformayor.com. Because as I was mentioning with, uh, with Sarah, I mean, like, you know, all eyes were on Kenosha a few years ago. Oh, and, and this is such a wonderful community. I know that like having the spotlight in such a tragic way yeah. uh, had to be so surreal. It was, and our home is only about maybe three-quarters of a mile from this downtown area where it took place. Um, I think for an awful lot of people, the feeling afterward was shock. Right. It had never occurred to so many people who live and work here and are raising families that something like this was possible. And it was amplified because it wasn't just people locally who were, yeah. you know, expressing frustration and anxiety, um, but we had people showing up from out of town and that really ramped up the tension and, and ultimately, of course, resulted in shootings. So yeah, that was a terrible time for our city. I, I know sh- right Right afterward, it was maybe two or three days later, I, I got the feeling this is an awful lot of like what Boston went through when they had the bombing sure. at the marathon. So I put out there, we can be Kenosha strong. And it turned out there were an awful lot of people throughout the city who had the same thoughts. So that's now, oh. I think there's an organization now, Kenosha Strong. But, but to me, there were two things. One, the shock of what happened. And then to me, the beautiful thing 
people coming together throughout our city to clean up, to, you know, encourage and nurture people whose businesses had been, you know, destroyed yeah. by what happened or just badly damaged, but people stepping up to the plate. I have a neighbor. She's a wonderful woman, and she was helping to bring crews into the downtown area, not just to do cleanup, but to help feed people who were doing the Aww. cleanup. So, um, yeah, you just saw some of the saddest stuff that could happen, but then Kenosha at its strongest and best. Outstanding. Again, this is Lydia Spotswood running for Kenosha Mayor. You can go to spotswoodformayor.com. And please, because we, we reach this far north from my radio show in Chicago. So we, we talked oh, to Dan do. Schaefer from the Recombobulation area where we often talk to Lorenzo. We're invested in, in Wisconsin politics because as Wisconsin goes, we do believe that the rest of the country is going yeah, when in it fact, comes to the national election. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kenosha, for many years, has been considered a bellwether um, area of oh. our state. So you can sort of gauge where things are likely to head. And we see this over and over in presidential elections. Well, let's, let's be involved and engaged. And I know that uh, my, my producer messaged that I think 169,151 in Kenosha County. Correct. How many residents do you have in Kenosha? In the city. Yeah. About 100,000. Okay, so it's 100,000 just in the city. Wow, that's a pretty big city. It is. <laughs> well, folks, visit spotswoodformayor.com and uh, let's, let's do an interview like a couple weeks uh, uh, outside of the before the race so that we can find out how we can help if you need phone banking texting uh, donations obviously oh, as we mentioned money is important yeah that would be a blessing of course <laughs> please go to the website we've yeah. got all kinds of ways to help now outstanding <laughs> so. Lydia it was a pleasure to meet you and I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm dazzled by your life's work uh, what you've accomplished here you're, and, I, and you seem like such a proud mom and a proud I public am. servant so thank you so much for everything it's a pleasure to meet you and talk Patty uh, excellent we will see you again thank you Lydia thank you more after this when we come back on W. CPT 820. We are at the Kenosha Comedy Club at Wyndham Garden, Kenosha Harborside. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are at the Kenosha Comedy Club at Wyndham Garden, Kenosha Harborside. And uh, we are having a fundraiser this evening for Lorenzo Santos, who's running for the first congressional district. You can go to you can go to Santos for Wisconsin. Is that right? SantosForWisconsin.com to learn more about his campaign. And we get to meet candidates for races here in Wisconsin. You know, we do reach Kenosha. We are invested in, in Wisconsin, and we are thrilled to meet Mary Mo, Mo, Mary Motter, who is running for the Kenosha Unified School District. Did I get all that right? You got it. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Are you have you ever run for office before? Actually, I've been on the school board for six years. Okay, good. I'm an incumbent. This is my oh, third excellent. Term. Going for re-election. Yeah. Yes. Outstanding. So, where are you from originally, my friend? Union Grove. <gasps> I love Union Grove. Union Grove. I, and I went to school with John Nichols. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> I know. There you go. So you grew up in, in Union Grove. So you're a Wisconsin girl. Yes. And uh, what, what what did you uh, did you stay in Union Grove or what? Where did you go after Union Grove after after high school? Actually, uh, after high school. Um, I went to Parkside, uh-huh. and then I moved to Kenosha in 1980, and I've been here ever since. What drew you to Kenosha? Uh, my sister lived here. Okay. And That's... when I had my son, um, it, she wanted us to be closer. She wanted you? Oh, I, yeah. yeah. That, that always helps, too, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's like, keep everybody close. Uh, I... Um, I, you know, when, when people think about school boards, right, they think about parents from the community and having conversation about teachers pay and all those kinds of things. It's changed quite a bit in the last few years, hasn't it? Oh yeah. Is that, is that true for Kenosha? It has. And I am a, uh, retiree from Kenosha Unified School District. I was in the classroom for 28 years. Okay. And I 
was special education teacher. You were. And then after I retired, I uh, ran for school board. What, what drew you to, because I have a son who has uh, severe disabilities. He has um, both cognitive and physical challenges. And the most important people in our lives, aside from their specialists, are their teachers that, that we, because, you know, a lot of the kids who come to school uh, have different challenges. And you really provide so much, you know, I, I think relief for parents because Declan could, can't speak for himself. You know, and that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure for for teachers. Yeah, my husband. Um, we've been married for about thirty five years now, but uh, my stepson Nathaniel is quadriplegic. Okay, and he has cerebral palsy. He's forty two. He lives in Milwaukee on his own, but he has a caregiver. And of course, um, part of my being a special education teacher was because I saw the wonderful things that the teachers were able to do to help yeah. Nathaniel. Oh. So, that's wonderful. So you you taught for twenty eight years. Yes. So you got you. Knew, I mean, that, and that all that experience in particular. I was just telling, um, uh, I think Sarah, who's running for the Kenosha County Board. You know, you need people in positions who understand what the lived experience is like. So you both, as a teacher, as a mother, yeah. and the type of teaching that you did it needs representation. So thank you for taking on that public service role. Oh, ha- happy to do it. Um, after I retired, uh, I spent a couple of years at Southport Elementary, and I was doing um, reading intervention with, with the students and stuff. And then I uh, stopped doing that when I ran for school board. My husband really encouraged me. He just said, you know, you've got all these years of experience in the classroom. You know what it's like. You can look at the school board policy and look and make it practical. And I, you know, just... Yeah, I had his support, so I went yeah. with it. So. Outstanding. So what was your what was your first race like? My first race? Yeah. Uh, door to door, uh, walking, knocking on doors, talking with people about the election, uh, a couple doors being slammed. Sure. You know, you know how that is? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> sort of like, okay, this, yeah. is, this is interesting. And it was cold. Oh, boy. It was one of those snowy, icy so well, and, and you stuck with it. I mean, because yeah. that it is a lot of it's a it's a lot of manual labor when yeah. you're running for office. People don't realize getting on those porches, going to events. Yeah. When you first when you first got elected, uh, were things quite as contentious? No. <laughs> I like no. you knew I was going like no. I'm gonna say that right now. No, really? not seriously, like I was not expecting it at all. It yeah. was it really. Uh, when did when did it start changing? So the first couple of years, it's your traditional, you know, teacher pretty, salary. Pretty much, yeah. pretty much the teacher salary. Uh, we had uh, people on the school board from both sides of the aisle. We we got along very well, very amicable. In fact, I would say ninety percent of our votes were unanimous. It was it was really good. I we were happy. Not kumbaya, yeah. but close. No, but close. And yeah. we got along well. Um, the pandemic was it was scary. Okay. The pandemic was scary. We had teachers who rightfully so were, were frightened about what was going on. We didn't have all the information. We had parents who wanted their kids in school and yet it wasn't really safe. And Kenosha kinda did we did the hybrid. We had in school and we had online. So we expected so much of those teachers. They really rose to the challenge. I agree. My both of my boys had to had to do the remote learning as well. Yeah. Did you was there a point where the, the the types of books that are in schools started to be part of the conversation or has that not been something that That's been something. That's been something. All that's right. Been something. I like, that's you have a great <laughs> smile when, when you're like oh the, you have a you have a you go from like what's what's coming next? Oh, I have stories to tell you that I can't tell oh, on the air. I but know, I, yeah, huh? that's what I I'm know. seeing. Yeah. yeah. It's uh 
we, we had a few school board uh, meetings where the public comments were longer than the meeting. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's like two or three hours on public comments. And this is still, so it's during, still it's during and after the pandemic was when those... This the, is after the yeah. pandemic. Well, the mask issue came up first. Okay. With the... We're wanting the students to wear the masks and mask in school until the pandemic was a little bit further past. Sure. And the parents didn't want their kids wearing masks, but some insisted on it. So it was just such a hard line. We follow the CDC guidelines. Right. And that's what we're still trying to follow. Just. Yeah. But it's it is so difficult. Well, and I think that that that, that sort of the the health issue, and then you know what are our kids being exposed to intellectually, yeah. is such a strange territory to have to like yeah. now wade into, isn't it? Yeah, and you know during the the public comments, which uh, go for forty five minutes, and then we vote to extend them, which is a toughie because you want to actually do school board meetings are meetings held in public, so the the public comments are not part of the meeting. We cannot respond to them. We can't. We're not even supposed to have expression on it. Oh, I would not work well on it's that. A, it's a tr- it was easier with a mask on, actually. Sure. <laughs> You're with the mask on. Yeah. It's a little bit tricky. Yeah. Um, trying to keep your, you know, to keep your cool uh, and then continue on with the meeting and right. not being able to answer the what things that are put in front of you. Sure. Because people um, people want to air out a lot of stuff in those public meetings. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the public service that you do on, on the school board here. Again, we were talking about to, to Mary Motter. Yes. She's running for the Kenosha Unified School District. Do you have, like, your story? Do you do social media or website? Yes. Or Actually, yes. it would be uh, Mary Braun Motter is my Facebook page. And then uh, Friends for Mary Motter, uh, Mary Motter for School Board. So I have several pages. Is, it, is, it, is this been like a, a little? Is it a little bit harder this time than the other races that you've run for the school board? Not really. I think okay, the, the first one was the hardest. The second okay, one during the pandemic, we really, really couldn't knock on a lot of doors and stuff. So a lot of it was all social media. So that was sort of a there wasn't much happened. This one is a little bit trickier. We have eight candidates for how many spots? Four. Oh boy. We have four spots because there was something that happened in one of the elections where somebody had to be appointed and then he decided not to run again. So oh we've boy. got three three-year seats, one two-year seat. Okay, folks. Eight candidates, and I'm number eight on the ballot. Oh, boy. But, no, but that's good. I think that, like, yeah, I think that people leave. Hopefully they read. Yeah. So Mary Broad Modder. <laughs> M O D D E R. M O D D E R. Yes. All right, folks. Tell anyone that you know, or if you live in Kenosha, to look out, check out her web, her, her Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow her story and uh, lend your support because we're excited to meet you. And again, thank you for all the work that you oh, do. Oh, and not, thank you for having me. Of course. And and really, I, I wish you the very best in this race. Go get them. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so thank much, you. Mary. Uh, let's take a break here. When we come back. We have we're going to talk to Sabrina Landry, who's also running. Is, uh, oh no, are you guys running against each other for no, Kenosha? Okay, we're good. Running with each other. They're running with each other. Okay, good. Sabrina's. Coming up next, more in a moment on WCPTA 20 Heartland Signal. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Thank you so much for joining us, and hello to our friends listening in Minneapolis-St. Paul on KTNF 950 AM, and Chicago, of course, on WCPT 820, and everyone in the Chicagoland area, which I, 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 you know, I know Wisconsin doesn't want me to say that Kenosha is part of the Chicagoland area, but there are parts of the Chicagoland area that are farther away than Kenosha. Do you know what I mean? 
I'm just saying. So we are so invested in what goes on in Wisconsin. We're thrilled to be here. We are at the Kenosha Comedy Club at Wyndham Garden, Kenosha Harborside. And, of course, tonight we have a comedy show and fundraiser for Lorenzo Santos, who's running for the 1st Congressional District. Go to santosforwisconsin.com to learn more about his campaign. Dwayne Kennedy is headlining the show. And Dina Nina Martinez, the first trans alder in Madison, Wisconsin, is going to be on the show as well. So we're really excited for that. And we're excited to meet all the candidates who are running for office here in Kenosha. And joining me now is Sabrina Landry, who is also running for the Kenosha Unified School District. Hi, after all that, Sabrina. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Well, I am good, and I'm already delighted to meet you and Sarah, who we talked to earlier, and everyone else that we've spoken to. So where are you from originally? Oh, boy. So I've moved about... 30 plus times in my life. Whoa. But the place I've lived the longest is Kenosha. A lot of those moves were from when I was younger. So I went to about seven or eight different elementary schools. Wow. The last elementary school I did go to, though, was Bain. Now it's um, the fire station. Oh, weird. Yeah. (laughs) That's so strange. Yeah. But it's cool because they kept some of the bricks from the Bain building. Okay. and made it part of the fence. So oh, the so they tore the building down and just built a yeah, firehouse. It, oh, well, it needed Yeah, it. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I was trying to think of how a... Uh, uh, I was trying to wonder how a, uh, fire, a school would become a firehouse, and I guess it wouldn't. No. <laughs> it, nope. <laughs> not, not in the cards for that. So you so you ended up in, in Kenosha, which I love this town. I think it's a, it's a really... It's a great town. It really seems that way, and I've met so many wonderful uh, residents of the community. What inspired you? Well, what, what, what did you do after school? Like, what, was it, what did you set out in life to do? Did you go to college? Did you go to I, trade schools? I didn't go to college. Um, I actually lived a very sheltered life. Um, I moved to Florida after I got out of high school. I lasted there for a few months and then I came back to Kenosha. Um, I was a waitress for some time. Okay. And then, um, my younger years, I was a roofer. So I did roofing from the age of 10 to 18. Why did I think trades? I don't know. Like I asked that. I'm like, cause I, cause I like there's, it's, that's incredible. I yep. love that. How'd you like roofing? Um, it wasn't so bad. Um, it was it was hard work. Yeah. It was definitely hard work, and I mean it was a, a workout in its hands. So. No kidding, <laughs> exactly. It's better than waiting tables, though, isn't it? It it definitely is because it's, it's people don't understand the emotional toil that goes into waiting tables. Waiting tables is a tough job, and I really wish people would tip their servers more because people yeah. don't understand. Servers make two thirty three an yeah. hour. It's crazy. It is it is absolutely insane. Okay, so you waited tables. You were a roofer. What was next for for Sabrina? Um, I was a stay at home mom for quite some time. Right. I worked at a laundromat for a little while, and then um, I and then you were to stay running home. your own laundromat at home for the kids. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we had put my my oldest in daycare for a little while, and we had a bad experience. And so then, me and my husband, we talked and said that daycare just wasn't for us. Yeah. So I stayed home with the kids, and he worked and. It worked out, and now we both work part time, and it does it pays the bills. And what? what how old are the kids? Uh, my oldest is fourteen. Okay. His name is Zachary, and my daughter is nine. She her name is Talia, and my youngest is Thomas. Uh-huh. So, and how old is the youngest? Oh, he's six. Six. Okay, so they're all in school. They're all in so school. So you're you're deeply invested in you know what happens in the school district. Yes, and you're uh, you're also a product of this school district. Yes, I am. So graduated is, from Bradford in '05. There you go. So how full circle does this feel for you? Oh man, I remember going to 
the school board meetings when I was a kid and helping raise my little sisters. I mean, I went to the meetings then, and I go to the meetings now. And Are they a little different than when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. They're... Um, yeah, not boring anymore. Is it no? So because you know we don't, uh, you know, we, we see all these like YouTube clips of school board meetings when someone's at the podium and just like reading excerpts of a book that's tawdry or whatever, like really strange things. Yes. Um, so you know, was it? It wasn't like that when you were a kid. No. And there, I mean, kids got to read what they wanted. Right. right? <laughs> Does there seem to be any end in sight for the kind of energy that seems to have erupted over the last few years? Is it slowing down at all? It's beginning to slow down. Okay. Um, but honestly, I don't know because they... They're, de- they're deeply invested in, yes. in amplifying whatever it is yes. that they want. And a to. lot of times these aren't even KUSD parents that are complaining about these books. That's what I was going to ask next because it seems like it's just people in the community. Yeah. And, well, and, and it's a lot of um, religious views yes. on these books. Okay. All right. So yeah, so there's that. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm I'm not shy. <laughs> fair and hey, neither am I. So so, and one of the biggest things I'm running on is transparency. Okay, I, we need more transparency in this district. What is not transparent in the? Is it the way the money is spent or the, the way tax the, revenue or the mo- the way the money is spent? The school closures that just recently happened. The six so schools there were closing, facilities that were closed. Six schools six. this past year, December, they made the decision to close six schools. Now we brought up other options like community school options, referendums, but they weren't looked at. They, I don't want to say they already had their minds made up, but I feel like the decision was already clear to them. You know what I mean? And we were, so we work a lot with, uh, with folks to talk about charter schools and voucher, the voucher system in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Is that having an impact on the resources? It really guys- is. Yeah. And so I'm the first to say I've got a child, two children in, in charter schools and one child in a public school. Okay. Now, before they closed public schools, and this is this is my campaign manager is going to not be happy with me. <laughs> but we won't, we, won't, we won't tell them. <laughs> um, I'd almost rather they start closing charter schools before public schools. Well, I mean that makes sense. It does make sense because then we get the students back in their boundary schools. Well, and the other thing is that like a lot of schools are so negatively impacted, not just as closures, but like kids with special needs. Like IEPs are not addressed in these. My schools. youngest is special needs. He's got um, severe nonverbal autism and he's got pica. I don't know if you know what the, pica eating is. Anything that uh, that it it's not appealing. food. Yeah. yeah. Anything, yeah. Clay and dirt and and hair and string and pottery and yeah. um, cardboard, wood. So I mean, a lot of sensory lotions. issues. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, and so your your son goes to a charter school? No, okay. he goes he to a can't. public school. He can't go yeah, to a charter school. This is what I'm saying. And that's the that's yeah. one of the biggest things. Like if a school can't provide for every child equally, then it should not have the Any option of staying funding. open. Yeah. Over a public school. Yeah. When those public schools need to stay in those neighborhoods so that the kids don't have to travel as far. Oh, my God. I, I did not know that there were six schools. That six were, schools. That's crazy. It is. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Was that part of the catalyst for you to jump in this race or were there other things? No. This, the, um, I've been thinking about running for a couple of years now. Um, this was kind of always the year I was going to run if I was going to run. So um, my... My biggest thing is special needs. Yeah. Um, right now, um, my son doesn't have what he needs in his classroom, and it's not at all the teachers. The teachers are phenomenal with what little resources they're giving. They do what they can 
but the funding is not there. The funding since 1992 has been consistently getting lower for special needs. Same with mental health. Yeah. The needs have only risen and the funds are going low. Like they're, they're getting lower and lower each year. And that doesn't make any sense. So we need to be writing our legislators, writing, you know, everyone up that's in the government and getting these funds from the state. It's just sitting there. Well, I'm going to give you uh, some advice just because I, so I've been in your, I am in your shoes. I, I ran for state rep for the very reasons that you're talking about, because there isn't anybody telling our stories and fighting for the kind of resources that people don't understand that our kids yep. need. So I, uh, what can we do to help you on this race? First of all, because I want you down that path. To, I, well, want you, I want you, you. Madison, I want you, because we, we, I mean, I, families need you. Thank you. Because you're willing to step into the fire, and I have a feeling like you're not willing to pull any punches. No. I. There's already been families that have reached out to me to help them along the process of IEPs or yeah. doing getting resources throughout the, the city. I mean, I always let people know if you want to reach out to me, if you need help with anything, you have questions, just call me, and people actually do, and it's nice. So, so how do we find you? What's the web, do you have a website, social media? Um, What's the best way to find your campaign? Facebook, Sabrina Landry for KUSD School Board. Okay. And um, I do have an Act Blue on there. Um, donations would be greatly appreciated. And I do have an event coming up on Saturday at 10 a.m. at Black Coffee. And the overflow is going to be going into the creative space. Nice. So, and um, whoever gets a drink or something from Black Coffee gets to put their name in a bucket. And then they'll get a, we'll do a drawing for a $25 gift card. Excellent. I'm going to your Facebook right now. All right. I, I, oh, I already liked her. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry runs my, my Facebook page. How do I find your uh, Act Blue? Uh, Linktree or which one? My Act Blue. Let's see. I'm having her scroll for me. We're doing it live, everybody. We're doing it live. <laughs> oh, I need, a, I need to pin that back to the top. That. Will the Linktree take me there? Cause right I get, here. Right there. Okay, let's chip in. Uh, everyone, go to your phones or your website, your phones right now. And, th- and this is for all the candidates that we're talking to, but I just happened to, uh, when I got a, a mom, uh, a warrior mom with me, I got to, let's see, let's do that one. Okay, I'm count, count me in. Uh, awesome. So we're going to do that. Okay, just setting that up for you. Watch All right. Me. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And then, okay, okay I, I'm on PayPal right now. Oh, should I go to a commercial so I can finish this donation? All right, <laughs> contribute. So uh, and if we find all of our candidates, we, right now we've been talking to Sa- Sabrina Landry for Kenosha Unified School District. Again, find her on Facebook. And uh, she is she's running. It's her first time running. Where, yep. What's your ballot position? My ballot position is number five. Number five. I'm number right, five. Right in the middle. Yep. And uh, again, we, we were talking to Lydia Spotswood. We've talked to, uh, we, we have more candidates coming up. Uh, Sarah Kirby, who's running for Kenosha County Board. So find all these candidates and support them in any way you can. I wish you the very best. Thank and you I, so much for I having do, me. I want to have you on again before because we do reach uh, Kenosha. So people who are like in their cars or driving. Yeah. We, let's, yes. let's connect and, and get all you right. back on again. I will definitely leave you with my card. Ex- yes, please do. Yeah, Thank right. you, Sabrina. Thank Go you. get them. Thank you. Let me do this oh, and this. Sorry. No, it's all right. Uh, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to meet another candidate. We're going to meet, uh, are we meeting Todd? Todd Allen Price is going to join us in just a moment on WCPTA 20, Heartland Signal and KTNF 950 AM in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like Biden beer, which is inoffensive and not bitter, and Extinct Elephant, a moderate red ale. Because you know those moderate Republicans seem to be going the way of the dodo. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to keep Wisconsin blue and drive the MAGA cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. To keep track of the good trouble we're making in Wisconsin and where to buy our beer, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, MonacoBrewingCompany.com. And drink responsibly. 
You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. All right. We are broadcasting live from the Kenosha Comedy Club at Wyndham Garden, Kenosha Harborside, Frank says. We we are so excited to be here. We uh, we have a comedy show coming up at seven o'clock at in the uh, big ballroom. We are raising money and uh, an awareness for the Santos for Wisconsin campaign. Go to santosforwisconsin dot com, and you know Lorenzo from the show. We've been talking to him for the last few months, so we're excited to not only uh, get here to celebrate his campaign, but also to meet other candidates and ce- celebrate the work that they're doing. Joining me right now is Todd Allen Price, who is also running for the Kenosha Unified School District, and he is an incumbent and the clerk of the of the uh, board. How you doing, Todd? Uh, just great. I listen to your radio station all the time, so this is actually a little bit of a thrill. Is it, is it, well, is it, is it, it's, it's weird for me to talk to a listener. <laughs> Whenever I go to uh, venues, though, I have to say I, I am really grateful to know that you listen to the, to the station. And, uh, and I know that you, work at, you were telling me you work in the Chicagoland area. National Lewis University. That's why I hear you a lot, because uh, my day job is as a professor. I do curriculum advocacy and policy. So whenever I drive downtown, I can, I can hear you. <laughs> oh, wonderful. So you teach curriculum advocacy and policy? Yes. And I'm also the director. I work with uh, students that are doing dissertations, things of the sort. And on the side, I do the school board, which is uh, an interesting job as well. When, how long have you been on the school board? Uh, this is my first term, so I'm up to almost three years now. All right. How long have you lived in Kenosha? Uh, about 16 years. Um, moved here because it's more central to where I work. Uh, but I spent a lot of time in Madison, and I actually went to school here um, back boy, in the day, uh, so when I was in ninth grade. But now my kids are going through the same schools, so that's kind of cool. Oh, how wild is that? What, now, what did you, did you study? Were you planning to be an educator when you went to college? Uh, I knew I wanted to stay in college, basically. Okay. Uh, so once... <laughs> once <laughs> I, I've been there. I had, exactly. the same, I had the same emotion. Yes, go ahead. Well, I, I, I was very curious about uh, learning, and I also saw it as a ticket to see the world. So since I went to school at Parkside, which is a local school right here, uh, and then I was accepted for a scholarship at LSU, my first teaching job, and then ended up at UW-Madison and traveled all over the world after that. And what, what would you say was one of your fa- favorite places to visit? Oh, wow. Um, I, I got to say Cuba. Um, I did a really? study there. Yeah. I, okay. I went there many years ago and uh, uh, practiced my Spanish. And all right. I received a certification called La Etapa de Evocación y Cuba, something like that. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. All right. It, but you said you went to grade school here. Did you grow up in Kenosha or kind of No, my, my family moved here. So I started at Lincoln Middle School, mm-hmm. or at, at the time it was Lincoln Junior High. And then I went to Tremper High School um, and then off to Parkside and went different places. But, um, yeah, it's really exciting coming back I was going to say all roads right? led back being, to Kenosha. Exactly. And yeah. so um, my wife uh, is from China, and we she does uh, substitute teaching here. And so it was kind of like perfect place to raise a family. Sure. And so my two sons are both in high school now. And so it's kind of like experiencing things vicariously. Like you think about, oh, I remember what it was like to go to Lincoln sure. and, and, and be in Tremper and all the friends I had. And so, and I still catch up with a few of them. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Are there, so when I went to high school, I went to Lane in Chicago and uh, we had something called International Days, which still continue where you have, you know, different uh, organizations doing like the Filipino club and the Latino club. Do you, are there traditions from your schools that you see your children now doing? And it's just like... Mostly sports. Sports, sure. Oh, <laughs> so absolutely. I, I was running over here from after seeing 
my kid, he uh, plays on Tremper's uh, freshman team, and he scored tonight, which was kind of cool, basketball too. Basketball? Yeah, basketball. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think. I'm like, I, 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 just as I was pulling up, I was hearing that the, it's basketball season again. Yeah, I, I that, like... that's our favorite, but football, too. And, All and, right. But they do music, and so, uh, like, viola and cello, and I was never really talented that way, so they got that from their mom. Oh, well, it's, it, it, it's all these programs in the schools, though, that so enrich our lives. Absolutely. And so what was the catalyst for you? What was that moment where you thought, I, I, I want to be on the school board? I want to be a part of the decision-making well, process. Well, you know, I, I actually, I like being around students. I like seeing them learn. And I, my, my day job, of course, is getting into schools from time to time and, and working with principals and teachers. Um, it was really being pro-student and wanting to make sure that they had all the opportunities that I had. And uh, really, I mean, public education um, took me pretty far. And so I want to make sure that the students have what they need. I also um, feel that I have a good understanding of what teachers need, too, because I, I have my students are teachers, and so uh, vicariously I can experience what they're experiencing, and they share with me what reforms are needed. So uh, I've been modestly successful, at least in terms of trying to bring in what's going on in the field to the board, um, because in my particular role, the board lets me serve as like a delegate to these different conventions. So I always take up those opportunities to share what teachers need and, and how we can support them. I, I love that. And I love that the, you know, the conversations I've been having about the Kenosha School Board uh, have been so varied, right? We talked to Sabrina about the, the needs of children who have disabilities. Uh, we talked a little bit with, um, she also mentioned the, 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 the school closures. So you've had six school closures here in Kenosha. Uh, and I was talking to her about the voucher program that you guys have in the, in the state of Wisconsin. Is that something that you eat at the school board level are able to advocate or is that kind of a tough spot to, to be to, in? To some degree. I mean, most everybody is really focused on local you know, issues, so they want to know, um, what are you doing for my kid and helping my child to understandably so. So we try to help empower parents. Um, but I was actually one of the original researchers on the Milwaukee Parental Choice Project, so I have even written a little bit about the challenges with vouchers. Um, vouchers are essentially have become um, public subsidy of private schools, and I've always been opposed to that. I'm not opposed to the idea of choice and helping, you know, within the curriculum and within different spaces that we have opportunities presented to parents and families, but they have to be informed choices. And sometimes we lose sight of what the common good is, and the public schools serve the common good. And we've got great pathways, by the way, in our schools. Um, my kids have taken advantage of them, but then again, not every child has two parents that are educators. And so I want to try to translate and help other parents know that they can take advantage of some of the things that my kids have taken advantage of within the public school. Because, uh, I mean, whether parents are working or, you know, even like the school system they might have come through, they didn't necessarily, like for me, I like my my high school counselor told me to not even bother applying to the University of Illinois that I wouldn't get in, right? And we, so we have experiences where, like, we don't, we don't even advocate sometimes because right. of some of the things that impacted us. So I love that there's somebody who's invested in sort of expanding that and, and making those pathways available. And so I do have to touch on, because, again, we see these things on TV, on the news, where these school board meetings turn into basically, you know, a, a, a platform for people to put their political original religious uh, ideology right. and, and like how how str has that been strange for you to see sort of emerge or like the energy for that um, grow? Not, well it's not been strange per se because I've been involved in education for a long time so I know people feel very passionate about that sure and I'm not afraid or worried about the passion in fact I'm one of the school board members that tends to extend the time so that everybody who comes there on a 
6 o'clock in the evening, gets their say. I really, I really feel that's the least we can do. Not always is it pleasant. Sometimes um, parents are very passionate about something that they may be misinformed about. But the point is, is that we don't want to discourage parents from coming. In right. fact, we want parents, in fact, there's parents that we're looking to get to come to the school board meetings that we don't see often enough. But we want all the parents to feel empowered to come to the school board meetings. Where it does get a little bit heated is when there are outside groups. And so there are groups that are people that are not in the school district, but they're they're bringing these these issues that are kind of tangential or not right. really related to our immediate issues, which is we have to be responsible for the taxpayer money, and we only have so much money that we get, and we have to think about how we divvy it up. And then we have curriculum issues, which is really my passion. I, I want to talk about curriculum, and I want to think about how we can move the numeracy and the literacy world languages, make sure all the kids have extra uh, curricular work in music and sports, because that's what keeps them engaged. I, I know this works, and that's what I want to do, but sometimes we get sidetracked by other agendas that are from groups that don't, don't even live here. Actually. Sure. One of the things that uh, I was fortunate enough because I went to Lane was learning uh, some a little bit at least about the trades, right? I did wood shop and electric shop. Are, are there programs in the Kenosha School District that uh, provide those kinds of avenues as well for students? We, we have um, essentially a, an incubator district where we used to have the American uh, Motors Company. And so that's going to be a whole new school that's going to be doing STEAM and STEM. Oh, wonderful. Uh, we were at the groundbreaking. Um, one, of, one of the school board members was really a champion for it. Uh, uh, and he's leaving now, and I'm going to mention his name, Todd Battle. He did a great job of advocating hey, for Todd. it. So, um, yeah. And so, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of like come into that uh, opportunity to help advocate for that school. I think that's going to be the main pathway is that we're going to have actual choice with students in the district can go take a class there and still maintain their neighborhood school, but but really learning the trades, learning automotive, um, computer technology, dare I say it, artificial intelligence, <laughs> all these different things are just sure. emergent. So the trades yeah. are very different from what they were yep. when you and I were both in school, actually. And, and actually, I know one of the schools in Illinois that was really good was uh, Prosser High School, yeah. and they showed examples of how you do vocational work, but it's not just oriented towards a trade. It's like oriented towards the skills, knowledge, and disposition, and you still have all the numeracy and literacy and all these other subject matter ba- baked in, which is really how, to, how you do it and, and prepare students, because we don't know what the jobs are going to be five years from now, actually. We have a clue, but there are different jobs that are being created all the time. Absolutely. So in your pitch to uh, voters in Kenosha, for the, the we're talking to Todd Allen Price, who's running for the Kenosha Unified School District, uh, who is seeking to secure education for all students because students matter. Uh, what would you like? What's your pitch to voters? I, I basically make it really simple. I'm pro-student, pro-teacher, but I'm also a professional. I think that's one unique thing that I bring to the board is that my day job is as a professor, so I know my way around the halls of Congress. Even I do lobbying there. I lobby at the state legislature, Madison and Springfield across the states. I think that's one unique piece that I, the, the voter should consider me as like kind of essential to do that lobbying work. And I, I appreciate that the school board and the president, Yolanda Adams, has supported me in that regard. So I'm frequently the one that's in Madison or in Springfield and doing advocacy. That's what I want to continue to do. And if you vote for me, 
I'll keep doing it. Outstanding. Again, that is Todd Allen Price. You can go to follow his Facebook, Price for KUSD, and uh, learn more about his campaign. And if you are in Kenosha, find, check out these all the, the uh, campaigns that we're talking to you about. If you know anyone in Kenosha, direct them to my Facebook page because I think we'll have a list of all the candidates that, that Jerry's got up there too. So thank you so much. I wish you the very best. And thank you for all the work that you do. Well, really. well thanks. And I hope my National Lewis University faculty listen to this. It'll be kind of cool. <laughs> there you go. Well, we can have you on again. It's, on your way home from, uh, from, from work, you can always stop by the station. I'm just saying. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to meet another candidate. We're going to meet uh, De- Dr. Stephanie Stefknez. Uh, uh, hey, the K, is, the K is silent, I assume. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal and KTNF 950 AM, Minneapolis, St. Paul. My friend Marty, he wants to split the party. He wants blue folks and red states to vote green. Can see his point, though I really gotta say, no, we can't have another 2016. It seems nothing beats orange, <laughs> nothing even freaking rhymes with it. Well, thank you so much for playing that. That's Steve Goody with Vote Blue No Matter Who. You can go to stevegoody.com and get more of his music, including his album, What I Did During My Pandemic Vacation. We are broadcasting from the Kenosha Comedy Club at Wyndham Garden, Kenosha Harborside. Even though I've been coming here for years, I do need a refresher on how what to say. Uh, we are here for the uh, fundraiser tonight. Lorenzo Santos for Congress. Go to Santos for Wisconsin. Santos for Wisconsin.com. The comedy show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7. You can meet some of the candidates uh, that I've had the pleasure of talking to today. And right now I want to introduce you to Dr. Steph... Do you want me to call you Steph Nez? Steph Nez is great. Steph yeah. Nez. Dr. Steph Nez for Kenosha County Board, uh, bringing innovative solutions and fresh perspectives to serve District 2 of Kenosha County. Doc, nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Congratulations on wanting to run for office. Thank you. Where did you grow up, my friend? I grew up in uh, Lockport, Illinois, actually. Oh, so oh, I'm like down right. in the southwest suburbs. Yeah. What yeah. brought you to Wisconsin? Um, so I actually teach at Northwestern. So I'm actually uh, kind of familiar with the Chicago area. Um, and my mom lived up here. I was living in Chicago and I was visiting her a lot and she has a place right on the lake. I started sort of visiting up here. I started going to a lot of the places downtown, getting familiar with the community, going to the diner, going to the breweries. And I just like fell in love with Kenosha. It's a really cool town. Yeah. There's a diner down the street. There's a bunch of diners, but mm-hmm. there's some really good breakfast places. When I come here, I go, I, I have to be like, and I told you Captain Mike's, I like to cross mm-hmm. the street. Mm-hmm. I do. I can't live in Wisconsin just because of my day job, mm-hmm. but uh, no, I, I could totally see that. Yep. I could, and, yeah, it's really pretty here. It's beautiful. It yeah, is. yeah. And uh, tell so after what did, what did you study? What, what are you a, a professor? Of? Yeah, I teach organic chemistry at Northwestern. So I got my yeah I got my PhD from University of Wisconsin. So that was sort of the seed, right? Sure. So I was living in Wisconsin. Madison's a very like politically active town. They, there is like the recall elections for the governor while I was there, and I was seeing like political activism kind of for the first time in my life, and I was seeing what. Wisconsin politics is all about and it was it was really exciting it was like a really exciting time and so you know I I started I was sort of went back to Chicago and I I I do love it there it's like you know my in in a lot of ways my original home but you know there was something kind of drawing me back and I really enjoyed like I said the community here but also there was always kind of in the back of my mind that like the political activism in in Wisconsin is really important you know because you have it as a swing state and there's like just a lot of different things going on so that was sort of I was it was sort of a back and forth but I always had a lot of like fondness for for this state well it was such a an incredibly charged time because you had labor 
uh, especially educators and mm-hmm. public service workers who, you know, I mean, did he, did Governor Walker make this a right to work state or had it been a right to work state for a while? I don't I, remember the exact logistics, but, but was, yeah, there is like, he was taking away a lot of like bargaining rights and yeah. things and yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the Capitol was absolutely ablaze with mm-hmm. protesters constantly. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, what a, what a great time for you to be in Madison and, mm-hmm. and be exposed to that and have this uh, drive to, to do what you do mm-hmm. uh, as a scientist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what was the moment we were like, okay, now is the time. I know I've wanted to do this, uh, but now is the time to jump into the, to a race. Into the p- politics. Yeah. So it was honestly, I, it kind of took me by surprise. Like there actually, Lori Hawkins is here. She's the chair of the Kenosha Democratic Party. And she just reached out to me and was like, hey, have you ever considered this? So they did a really great job. So I'm running for county board. So county board is for all of Kenosha County, not just the city. Um, and they sort of identified different districts where, you know, they could use a more progressive representative in, in that district. And then they sought out people and asked them if they were willing to run, which like the organizing that they did was just incredible. And then I felt humbled that she asked because I just hadn't really considered I will go to meetings. I'll sort of speak in public comments and things like that. But I was like I'm not I don't have a lot of political experience and she said you'll never know you know kind of until you try and we have a lot of support for you and that kind of thing so as soon as she asked the first thing I thought because yeah my job is actually like pretty demanding so I was like oh I'm sure I don't have time for that and then as soon as the seed was planted it took like a week and I was like let's talk about it let's yeah. do it and and it's been really exciting ever since oh, I'm so yeah. glad they reached out to you and, mm-hmm. and uh, courted you yeah a little for bit that. Yeah. And that and that you bit because I mean mm-hmm. it is it, it is so important and mm-hmm. it's going to be one of the, your favorite memories of your first time running. 100%. What, what, what has surprised you about running? I mean, this, and I don't know if this is unique to this race, but like the camaraderie among the candidates. So like all of the people out there, everyone you've talked to. That's Dina so, Nina Martinez from Madison, ah, Wisconsin. Oh, hello. I was just like, gushing about Madison a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like all of the candidates, we've all been supporting each other. Like, like, we're all advocating for each other. We're doing events together. We're constantly like in a group chats, like asking what, you know, we need to be doing next. And so I think the, like, I knew there would be community among like, you know, the organizers and the people who are going to like go out canvassing and that kind of thing. But like the, uh, community that is developed among the candidates and like how sort of, I don't know how sentimental that almost feels has been really surprising in, in a positive way. And even though there is like a lot to do, I, I expected it to be a lot more stressful. I feel like the energy that it gives me is, is equal to the energy output that is required. I was kind of expecting myself to be kind of worn down and burnt out, but it's, it's been really energizing the whole process and, That's and, and the mutual support. Yeah. And how can we support your, your race? What can we do to get involved? Oh man, that's a great question. I mean, on my, like there's, you can always, you know, donate. That's, <laughs> that's always an option. Um, and if you're local, I mean, you can spread the word if there's anyone in Kenosha here. One of the biggest uh, challenges in my race is that my opponent has been in the position for like 38 years. So no. he's like, yeah, so he's very established. He has a lot of name recognition. I am to- as fresh as fresh can be, right? So I think that like locally, it's just going to be sort of like word of mouth as far as people outside. Obviously, most of your listeners like fall into that category. I mean, sharing like, you know, social media is a huge part of it. And the more that things get shared, the more that 
that content gets shared, the more it sort of gets promoted to other people. So anything like that or just talking about what's happening up here because there's – yeah, the the political situation up here in Kenosha is really – there's a lot of action going on. Well, I want to get you back on my show in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. too, to, to reshare the story, make sure that people are yeah. involved because we can help whether it's you know donating money, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, social media. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get to the point where you're phone banking or anything like that, right. let us know. Right. Uh, and we'd love to get volunteers for you. Of course. Excellent. Thank, Thank you so you. much. It was a pleasure to meet you, Thank Doc. you. Great to Doc, meet you. And again, the name is Dr. Dr. Steph Nez. Go to uh, Facebook. Follow her story at Steph Nez. That's S-T-E-P-H-K-N-E-Z-Z. And uh, we look forward to following your career because this is exciting. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for so having much. me. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200. That's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. There's so much that goes on behind closed doors. On WCPT 820. You guys, uh, we are at the, uh, with the Kenosha Comedy Club at Wyndham Garden, Kenosha Harborside. Alderwoman Dina Nina Martinez of Madison, Wisconsin joins us. I'm so thrilled you're on this show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I can't show and I, see you. I'm like drooling over you. I <laughs> last time we worked together was in a parking lot during the pandemic. You yeah. were wonderful enough to invite me to do a show. And since then, uh, you have become an, an elected. How, I have. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, what has this been like for you, running for office? Let's just start there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the running for office was so amazing like having conversations with people in their at their doors and i pretty much i'm i'm a trans woman for those of you out there who don't know so i pretty much came out at every door okay. and was met with so much kindness that I, it was amazing. Aww. It was really amazing. You deserve it. You deserve all the kindness. Thank you. We've known each other for over a decade, at least, over right? Over a decade. Isn't this crazy? It's insane. Yeah. I, I'm so excited for you. And you Thank moved you. from, where, where are you from originally? Where'd you grow up? Originally, I grew up in Texas. Okay. Um, moved to Los Angeles to, you know, become. Follow our dreams. Yeah. Follow yeah. my dream. Uh, and then moved to Wisconsin on purpose. <laughs> No, you went to Chicago first. Yeah. Well, I was in Chicago for a little, a little bit. bit. And yeah. 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 That's how we met. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like I met you. It wasn't Sketchfest. I feel like it was at the... Chicago State... Women's Funny. Yeah. 6773. Yeah. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was there. It I, was. I remember yeah. seeing you in the lighting and I was like, hello. Uh, so You we... taught me one of the most valuable lessons that I use every day. How to hold a camera to take a selfie. Oh. <laughs> well, I, well, you have to know the truth about that. That's Tamale Sepp. Oh, is it? It's tamale. Yes. Well, I will go. I, I yeah, will the, start, the bottom of a well. Yeah. I'll start she crediting has, her. It's her and my niece. My niece, <laughs> Kathleen, taught me how to do the claw. It's a combination yeah. of the two of them. I think I gave tamale the claw, but bottom of a well is from yes. tamales. That's the, that's the line. I've been spreading the gospel of Spread the gospel. The claw. So now you're alder woman. Yeah. Uh, what, what has surprised you about being alder woman? Like being in the trenches of these debates, these conversations about things that impact people's lives directly. How the legislature funds cities. Right. <laughs> or oh, don't, doesn't. Wait, yeah. because, oh, they took yeah. you guys off. Yeah. 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 Um, that was shocking. Also, the amount of need 
You know, unless you're in the trenches of like nonprofits or government, mm-hmm. you don't know how much people need. Right. And that has been overwhelming and incredible. And, you know, I'm, I'm able to make little changes here and there that hopefully if they don't impact now, they'll impact in the future. So what are you doing to make sure you, that you're taking care of yourself? I mean, like pacing yourself because it's hard to, yeah. to let go of the stories that people tell you the suffering or the, the dreams that they have. What do you, I want to make sure like, are, are you take going for walks, meditating? What do you do? Yes. Um, yes. I cuddle yeah. my dog. Would you please breathe right You're not even know, breathing right now. I don't like, think. I'm not, I'm not. You're up here. I mean, because I'm going to give you a, a there's such a, you know, go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, I think that the reality of the that everything I do impacts people is really heavy, but I also have incredible friends like that I'm able to be really seen by and and you know vomit on you know verbally verbally yeah, no, yeah. I, I was tracking <laughs> and um those are the those people are how I take care of myself. Oh, so and glad. and of course my daughter, she's eight years old. Um, rat terrier. Just <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm so yeah. glad you were able to join us tonight. I have, I'm going to invite uh, Lorenzo up yeah. too, but I want to thank you. I, I believe you spoke to him in consideration of endorsing yes. him and that went well. It went amazingly. I'm so glad. Well, thank I'm you. so excited he's on the scene. So do we, do we have him in the room? I can't bring him over if I, I was about to bring him over. <laughs> so we have a show it, starting folks. You can still get here. If you live in the Kenosha area, we're at the, I have to look at my card again. We're at the, uh, the Kenosha, the Kenosha comedy club at Wyndham garden, Kenosha and Harborside. And you haven't performed here yet this i have is, not this is a very fun room I'm well, stoked. this is a smaller room we're going to be in the bigger room but uh yeah i'm here yeah. twice a year but I, I you know what i don't perform is in madison which is ridiculous you should I be in madison know. all well, the time I, but i do radio and work i also yeah. work for the state now after i didn't I was, oh right on do you know what i say when i having not won my race is that i was not successful in my pursuit of the, <laughs> <laughs> the race. but i work for uh comptroller mendoza who's a really amazing i, I mean like it, it's true oh here he, come running up to the stage uh so this is so you already met Lorenzo. Yes. Santos. Yeah. yeah. This is an very excited. Race. It's very important, and yeah. uh, what a good person to have in this race. So come on up, Lorenzo. Come, Thank I, you. I, we're live. I'm gonna see you in a minute, my yes. friend. It's so good to see you. Lorenzo Santos is running for the first congressional district. Is joining us, having just met in person, I believe. Dina, older woman, Dina Nina Martinez, who has endorsed you, Lorenzo. Yes. So we're and all. Thank you for that. We're, we're all gathering for this wonderful evening. We're uh, yes. we're excited about your your campaign. How are you feeling thank now? You. Now that it's it's get, it's war- weirdly warm now in Wisconsin. It is. So, <laughs> so you get Very to strange. meet more people. Yes. How's it going? It's it's good. We're we're really excited. We're getting out there more momentum and we're just making sure that people know you know that we are here and what we stand for so very excited to keep going well there's so many crazy things happening nationally because yes. uh, yeah, you are always very uh, adamant about your position on women's autonomy absolutely and this this decision out of alabama yeah. i don't know if you saw this where the ivf a- yeah. embryos yeah. are <laughs> yeah. they're they're a little bit out of control and right. but the thing is we think of alabama but you have legislators in wisconsin so there really does need to be a federal answer to all of this isn't there absolutely when when you look at the decision that is in Alabama, if you look at the decision that's been in Texas, this is about, you know, controlling a woman's right to decide when or if she wants to start a family. Yes. And we, we cannot let, you know, Supreme Court unelected officials do that. We have to make sure that this is a decision that women get to make for themselves. There is no debate. It, 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 it is not in question at all at the right. federal level. 
Yeah, it's absolutely, and, I, and I'm glad that you're passionate about that. You're you've you've worked in business, you've served yes. in the military. Mm-hmm. What are you hearing from people when you tell your story? I mean, like I'm sure they have questions. Yeah, you know, like the question people always get is, "Why do you want to run for office?" Right? <laughs> yeah. You've gotten that one, I'm sure. What do you say to them? You know, all the time. And originally, I was I was hesitant. You know, but you're you're looking at these things that are happening right now, whether it be January sixth. That happened, whether it be, you know, Roe versus Wade being overturned, whether it be the fact that our workers have to fight as hard as they've had to fight for just basic rights in the workplace, you know, just just basic pay, right, for a hard day's work, just making sure that they live in a, a, a workplace that's actually safe. And they have the peace of mind of having employment that they can count on. Those are those are the bare minimum. They shouldn't have to fight as hard for it. We need to make sure that those things are always guaranteed. I appreciate that so much because we often talk about labor rights, you know, yeah. bargaining rights, which have been diminished, and yeah. it, people are still getting that ground back, that territory back for workers. Cool. And what are some of the things that that you know people tell you? Because I, I just talked to, uh, I want to say it was Sabrina who says she's been a server in a bar. You know, sure. it, yeah. it, it's is Wisconsin still at two thirty three? Do you know this for servers? It's crazy. We we need to get to first of all fifteen, and then actually, you know, a lot of people will. You know, they'll question this, but the, the minimum wage, if it kept up with inflation and the cost of living, right? it would actually be closer to $26 an hour. And a lot of businesses will say, oh, we can't afford that. But look, at the end of the day, your workers should not go home without health care. They should not go home, you know, having to worry about what bills they can pay. Right. They shouldn't have to worry about the basics. And here's the thing. We're talking about keeping minimum wage where it is, but cost of living has steadily gone up. And I, even in my apartment right now... Mm-hmm. I walk to work, but I see more and more of my neighbors have eviction notices Aww. on their doors because they're raising the price. But guess yeah. what? Their wages are not going up. Nope. And it's getting more expensive just to keep your baseline of health yeah. in this country. So that's unfair. That's completely unfair. And the thing is, we can actually do something about it. And right now, my opponent will not do anything about it. That's, that's part, a huge part of the reason why I'm running, because we need representatives that understand what's at stake and will actually do something. Did you see this thing about how, you know, there, there were a lot of conservatives who wanted to block funding for the IRS. And yeah. now the IRS is saying, because they do have the funding, yeah. and they're able to track down some of the, the billionaires and yeah. millionaires that weren't paying over half a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. No, it was $500 billion. It's a half a trillion dollars <laughs> that they're able to recover. So what, what do you see as a solution in terms of the wealthy pay? Because we have drawn down the amount of money that yeah. the corporations and, and billionaires pay. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not sustainable to keep the, the disparity between how much wealth is at the top because we Absolutely. are barely being t- trickled on or tickled on. Yeah. <laughs> what you do know, you see as, as some of the pathways in that direction? Absolutely. Trickle-down economics does not work. Uh, you know, we, we rarely see these corporations actually you know, send that money back down to their workforce. We need to make sure that the one percenters, and here's the thing, a lot of these bills that we have out, they're only actually affecting people who make 400000 and above. So if you're not making that, if you're not in that tax bracket, you're not going to be yeah. necessarily affected by these, you know, um, these tax policies that are just asking for the fair share to right. be paid. We live in a country where, you know, if you go to work, it's not guaranteed that you would even have that job. Michigan just, just ensured that right to work is no more. Right. You know what I mean? Like these companies, they, they want to have all the benefits. They, they want you to do your two-week notice. When I got laid off, 
it was my last day from that point yep. on. They, they, I got on the call and they were like, see ya. Right. And I didn't hear from people that I had worked with until later. You know, so the, like corporations, they'll do all these things and they will expatriate our money. They'll send it overseas uh-huh. and it's not helping your, you know, your everyday Americans. So, you know, for all those reasons, we need to make sure that we are absolutely ensuring that, you know, if you're rich, you're, you're paying your fair share because the middle class is right now getting stuck with a lot of that. Yep. And, you know, we, a lot of Americans are one paycheck away from, from ruin. So they, we can't afford that. We need to make sure that, you know, the well-off in these corporations, they're doing well. They do not need another trillion-dollar tax cut that Donald Trump is looking at, you know, potentially giving them. So we, we need to make sure that doesn't happen again. We don't need more – we don't need any trillionaires. No. We don't, I mean, like, no. God bless no you if you were – I mean, like, a billion – I just always wonder how much is enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you can only wear so many pants, you know. And this right. is what, you know, a lot of, you know, Warren Buffett and folks like that say. Yeah. You know, you – how 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 many mansions do you want to buy? How many houses do you want to buy? If that money is in your bank account, that means that there somewhere in this country there are people still in poverty, right? Because they're not making, you know, just the bare minimum to just get by, right? And because so much of that, the way we we tax, and by the way, we also subsidize those big corporations. You guys oh, yeah. did that here oh, in Wisconsin yeah. with Foxconn. And none of and none of Gosh. what they said was going to happen ever materialized as far yeah. as jobs and protections for the like it, it all just right for naught. Foxconn is essentially just a bunch of you know empty buildings right now. They got so many tax incentives to yep. to you know and, and Donald Trump called it the eighth wonder of the world and it was supposed to bring so many jobs and it's just pretty much void. And yeah. Microsoft is trying to come in and save the day, but it's it's not even close to what we were promised. Oh my god! So we got the 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 you know short end of the stick there. And we need to make sure that we, we're not doing stuff like that again that's going to leave Wisconsinites behind. I've asked every, I realize I've asked every candidate because I've talked to you before. I, yeah. I also want to reintroduce you to some folks who haven't heard you before. Where did you grow up, my friend? So originally, I mean, I grew up more or less in Virginia, but also Maryland. I stayed in Japan for a little bit. I grew up in New England and yeah. Rhode Island for a few years. I was a Navy brat, so pretty much all over the country and you know, a little bit internationally as well. And what brought you to Kenosha? So, you know, or Wisconsin. Well, Wisconsin was I was a manufacturing rep on the East Coast. Seven months into the job, they they wanted to promote me, and they said we want you to move to Chicago. And then I'm like, you don't pay me Chicago money. <laughs> so I was on a business trip in um, Racine, and I said I w- I want to live here. Can I live here? And they let me live there. Did that for four years, but four four and a half years into the job, basically, you know, they did their math and they decided. Hey, you know, we, we, we got to do layoffs. So me oh. along with 26 other folks, uh, you know, it was our last day, unfortunately. And, I, you know, I, I did like that company. Great mentors, great bosses. But they were a company. They were a sure. business. And that's how they operate. You know, I'm not here to, to bash. But um, that's how I ended up here. And, and now I do emergency management at the county level. And uh, I love it. Outstanding. Well, we love uh, the work that you're doing on this campaign. Thank you. And that you you. have taken up the challenge of running to represent the people of uh, the 1st Congressional District. Again, we've been talking to Lorenzo Santos. You can go to santosforwisconsin.com. What is your – so when uh, when you have like a one-on-one pitch, let's say you're doing a a one-minute pitch and and sell yourself, what do you say to people? We've got to make sure that we're codifying Roe versus Wade at the federal level. We need to make sure that we're taking care of folks that need health care. If you want health care in this country – 
richest country on the face of the planet. You should be able to get it. And workers that want the bare minimum should be able to get it. They're not asking for too much. I don't care if you talk to the, the, the CEO of Disney, you know, he, he thinks that it's a fairy tale and that people are being unreasonable. But that's because he's out of touch. He doesn't get it. And he probably hasn't had to work paycheck to paycheck for a very long time, if ever. So th- those are the things that I'm fighting for. Outstanding. Again, it's a pleasure. You guys can applaud. To make it sound like we've got people in the room. There you go. It's been so quiet in here. <laughs> it's like they're all they're listening to every single word. I- it's a, it's such a pleasure to to get to know you over Thank the you. last several months that we've been interviewing you. Yeah. It's our it's our honor to be here to support you and have and have this fundraiser for you. Uh, we are doing we're having a comedy show, folks. So if you're in the listening area, yeah. the comedy show I think starts at seven thirty. Yes, you were and you were kind enough to come see a show I did here uh, with Desmond Rooney. I yeah, think that it, was awesome. It was very fun. I loved it. Yeah, so thank you so much for uh, for like I said for running for the the issues that you are cha- championing. Uh, I agree with you. I think that healthcare is the crisis of our generation, uh, and it's. it's it's not sustainable in this direction. So uh, if anything we can do to help, folks, go to santosforwisconsin.com to le- learn more about the campaign. And uh, we're going to be here uh, tonight. And then do you have any other events coming up you want folks to know about? So February, tw- February 28th, we have an event at the main Project Cafe in Racine. It's specifically centered around black issues. We need to make sure that we are standing up. For uh, you know the the black folks in our community, they know that they have someone who has their interest at heart, and will fight for them in Washington D.C. Awesome! Have a wonderful evening. Uh, enjoy the, the comedy and the fundraising, folks. So Nate, uh, thank you, Andy Miles back at the station, and uh, Jim Addy and uh, Matt Cummings for making this possible. Mike Crutes up next with Devil's Advocates. Bye, everyone.